I'm drinking something very out of character. <clears throat> because what I learned today is that tonic is not actually good for your stomach. Tonic doesn't do nothing if you're nauseous. I always thought it did. I don't know if I'm like a person who lived in 1920. uh, Every American knows Canada Dry with high fructose corn syrup is (laughs) what you're supposed to consume if you have an upset stomach. I mean, that is is valid. They didn't have that in the store that I was in. uh, Whatever. Well, that's irresponsible. It's just irresponsible. But I thought quinine, which is in tonic water, was supposed to help with tummy aches. The fuck is that? Well, it's actually a malaria medication that they use in small doses in tonic water. Why? Because it's spicy or something? Um, (laughs) Good soup. Um, It is... It's a medication they discovered treats malaria, uh, and they used it for people building the Panama Canal. Okay, well, we're definitely going to have to, like, really research the history of tonic water and why and how. (laughs) Try to tie that into the Bible so that we can share it with our listeners. Coming next week. on. (laughs) So anyway, I'm drinking a vodka tonic. Because I said, if it's not going to help my stomach... (laughs) <laughs> I'll just get drunk. <laughs> I'm on my uh, last glass of an entire bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. But I will let let me before, you know, judgment mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I drank a bottle of wine. It was over hours. Like that time I ate a whole pie all day. It was my right. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Exactly. I think Jesus turned water into wine, and if you do the math, wine divided by time equals water. Math. Math. There you go. Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Cheers, Lily. Cheers, my friend. Do we do intros for minisodes? Yeah, we say, um, hello. And welcome to Bibleish Podcast. This week we have a mini episode. Mini episode. Mini episode. Oh, All right. I like that. That's a little extra flair. I think that's kind of all we do. Usually we tell Bible stories, but... This week, we have a special mini episode where the role is reversed and the table is turned and Angela tells me a story. You listen to me, Lily. I feel like we have to mention it before we go on because I made such a forking scene last episode. (laughs) <laughs> we have to mention it. Oh, do we have to mention it? Please. Please, Lily. I found my purse. <laughs> <laughs> I found my purse mm-hmm. in the backyard at uh-huh. the edge of a ravine. Uh-huh. And why? how did it get there, Lily? Because it was a really magical night when I was coming home 
and um, the moon was out and there were so many fireflies and I was like, what a night for cooling. <laughs> yes, that's a real word she just said. For any Which of you is- who may be thinking Lily just had a stroke on mic. Which is a ancient Swedish cattle call. <laughs> and Lily, are there any cows that live near you? Listen, it's Vermont. There's cows. There's, there probably the are. Place. But probably none that heard me that night. And um, <laughs> that's where my purse <laughs> <that's where my laughs> was. So. I'm very glad. I am very glad, all jokes aside, because it would really have sucked to lose, like, your vaccination card and all your personal effects and whatever else your lip smackers that you had in there. Uh, So I'm glad that no little critters came in the night and said, this is mine now, and then decided to the mitten it. I'm so so glad. (laughs) Nothing pooped in my purse as well. Thank you. Perfect. So, Perfect, Lily. Mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> mystery solved, indeed. As Lily mentioned earlier, we have a mini episode for you today, which um, sometimes does not actually mean mini in length because we've had some two-part mini episodes in the past. But it does mean that I will be talking to you with my mouth. And speaking of the woods today, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of all things that live in the woods, smooth transition today. We are going to be talking about the patron saint of animals. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will say off the top that this is something that I have been wanting to do. Uh, for those of you who might be newer to the show, um, my mom passed away earlier this year. And so Lily and I were talking and I was like, you know, I'd really like to do something in her honor. Um, And this was the clear answer to that. So this Sunday, the day on which you were listening to this, most likely as it is getting published, uh, would have been her birthday. So I am pleased to bring you some stories about animals and religion. So I have felt a special connection to animals my whole life. And maybe that was partially the result of being an only child with no one else to talk to. Uh, But it was definitely the result of my mother's passion and influence for them. There were obviously, you know, aspects of my childhood that were far from magic. But I was also surrounded by animals which felt magical at all times. We had, at one point, 16 pets, including ones I didn't care for, but such as family. (laughs) And my mom also worked with horses, which meant that every moment I could weasel my way out to the barn, I was there. In a lot of ways, they were my siblings as much as they were her other children. And she bestowed in me a deep love for things from the little frog that found its way onto my shoe while we were walking through wet grass to the six foot tall horses she groomed and prepared for their riders. Now in the Bible, because this is a Bible show. It's not just my memoir. Um, We have a lot of examples, actually, that animals are important to God. Of course, we have the God's barbecue where they're sacrificed, and we have other instances where they're, you know, mostly just useful. But 
he also communicates with them in a lot of stories. Like in Noah's Ark, he's not like, Noah, go round up the animals. He's like, Noah, there's some animals showing up at your door. I told them what's up. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. And then there's also Alicia being brought food by ravens. He wasn't like, Alicia, go talk to the ravens. He was like, I'm gonna hook you up with Raven Uber. And they're gonna show up. (laughs) So God communicates with animals for sure. He also puts them on a similar level of importance during creation, where he says, like, humans were created, and that was good. And animals were created, and that was good. We know from many other contexts that humans are elevated in his eyes, but not like and animals, whatever, forget about them. He loves them. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a quote that I came across when I was doing research about various uh, patron saints of animals in different ways that is from St. Basil the Great that I think really is a beautiful kind of uh, reflection of what he saw in the teachings of like, at that point, Christianity um, from the Bible. So I wanted to just read that real quick. He said, Oh God, enlarge within us the sense of fellowship with all living things. Our brothers the animals, to whom thou have given the earth as their home in common with us. We remember with shame that in the past we have exercised the high dominion of man with ruthless cruelty, so that the voice of the earth, which should have gone up to thee in song, has been a groan of travail. Sounds a lot like the past few years. May we realize that they live not for us alone, but for themselves and for thee and that they love the sweetness of life. Ah. Isn't that beautiful? That is. Yeah. So it's not, you know, I don't think there's that many stories in the Bible exclusively about animals, but when you look at the way they're treated, there's actually reverence for them as well. Now, originally, I set out to do this episode exclusively about St. Francis of Assisi, who is one of the most well-known. He is considered the patron saint of animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it would turn out, there are many others who are associated with being saints of animals. And to that end, before we get into St. Francis's story, I would like to play Guess That Saint! The theme music, it's the show with Lily. Can you guess it? Now, I have prepared some slides for Lily to peruse. I feel bad for putting you on the spot. However, I know... That you do it to me all the time. The tables have indeed turned. And I'm uh, by no means expecting you to actually know the saints, but rather I have sent Lily the pictures that represent these saints, different paintings and depictions of them. So I would love Lily for you to tell me who you think they are, like their character, like you don't have to know their names, you know, like if you saw them across a crowded street, what's their story? Randy. (laughs) How are your pigeons? (laughs) oh (laughs) so did you get my link um yes guess that saint (laughs) i'm scrolling down to the first am i allowed i'm not i'm not you're allowed i only saw a bald head okay that's there's gonna be a lot of those okay well the first one 
That is Hemrock. <laughs> and he's the patron saint of fables. Fables. Ooh. So to give you guys a, a depiction, it's, you know, a bald man wearing a robe uh, surrounded by many different farm animals holding a staff. Oh, I'll do descriptions of what I see. That makes okay. sense. <laughs> so H- Hemrock, <laughs> the patron Hemrock. saint of f- fables, you say? Yes. Well, in truth, he is St. Anthony Abbott who lived as a hermit in Egypt and was followed around by a pig whose illness he had cured. I see the pig. Yeah, I don't know what those other people are doing. All the other animals. Every (laughs) single one. Yeah, well, apparently only the pig mattered. And there's a fire blazing in the background. So I would <laughs> yeah, be don't bother. Don't worry. If I were, for example, the lamb or ox, <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 just giving them the menu. Okay. You know <laughs> the breed of dog they're showing. I am fairly sure did not exist at that time. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Artist's choice. Uh, <laughs> he was uh, alive from 251 right. AD to 356 AD. The next but... picture is of a nun holding my cat <laughs> to her bosom. Isn't that weird? And she is What's her obviously uh, Helen, the patron saint of spite. i'm gonna share this document with our patrons um so they can understand and follow along (laughs) because (laughs) that's perfect she and her pet cat jezbel uh plan evil doings together to (laughs) seek vengeance and justice for all i mean so she's St. Gertrude of Nivelles, the patron well, saint of cats. However. Of cats, just in general? Of cats. Um, and also gardeners, travelers, and widows. Because What's she's her story? A cat lady. She was born in a noble family, and uh, they had arranged a marriage for her to a very fancy Austrian duke. In order to form a political alliance, however, Duke, kick ass Duke. Yeah, she said no. She said, You will not put a ring on it. I would like to be married to Jesus. Oh, girl, spite. She could have been a duchess, (laughs) exactly. Oh, Helen. (laughs) For some reason, Helen and Gertrude are like the same in my brain. Like, I think you nailed it with that one. (laughs) You really nailed it. All right, so, uh, this next picture is of a man in a purple robe, and he has mongooses at his feet, and it looks like he is investigating a hovering word next to him that says, Say it! <laughs> and then behind him it says, Cuthbert! <laughs> Name-wise, this image is a little bit cheating, but, like, what's his vibe? Oh, uh, He's sneaky. (laughs) 
he's just something about him is sneaky. Uh, he's wearing purple, which is like a bit garish for the times. Mm. And um, he has like mongoosey mongoose otters. Otters? Otters. They're otters. Because then there's this like abstract water next to him. Uh, so he is the patron saint of holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you weirdly close on all of these? <laughs> but I, I thought you were going to be like, I don't know. He likes to go into the clubs. Like he's only sneaky in so much as he was a hermit um, who lived on an island in so a small sneaky. cell. I can't believe and I will be excited for our patrons to see what this picture is. Because I can't believe you got that they were otters. I, was I for did sure, I was like, it! She was like, gonna, she's going to call them like ferrets or something. But he made friends with birds, giving them protection from hunters. And he is the patron saint of otters. Because every night he would stand in waist deep waters in the North Sea and otters would warm his feet. I love that for him. I know, it's adorable. What? A fun life. <laughs> Except for, you know. Yeah, no mention of how he died, dumb. but um, I'm guessing some something to do with standing in waist-deep freezing water. Hey, this next picture is of Robin Hood, but he's wearing <laughs> red. <laughs> and he sees the white stag, and the white stag has Jesus <laughs> um, in an orb uh, being held up by his antlers like mounted on top of his head Jesus on the cross in the background there is a castle so I am going to have to say this is uh, Saint Robin Hood the the patron saint of unions (laughs) yes (laughs) well Again, not that far off. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Saint Hubert. Um, Hubert. <laughs> Who even names someone Hubert? <laughs> He's known as the patron saint of hunters. Mm. So uh, the legend about him would be... So basically he was hunting one day. And he found this awesome stag that he was like, I'm going to kill you. You are so dead. And then all of a sudden the stag turned around and a crucifix appeared behind his antlers. And he said, Hubert, unless you turn to the Lord and lead a holy life, you will quickly go to hell. (laughs) Hubert. That is a direct quote from the deer. Okay. I love that. Then he got freaked out, as one would do, and he ended up living a holy life. But he was still considered the originator of ethical hunting behavior, um, even though he kind of renounced hunting once he became more of a holy person. Okay. Okay, Hubert. Hubert, you shall quickly go to hell. (laughs) Our next one is uh, St. Francis. It's just St. Francis. I just wanted you to see (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. And he's scolding some animals. <laughs> he does look like that. He's giving them the what for. <laughs> yeah, this one I knew. I was like, well, his name's in the picture, but he is the rest of our episode. So 
St. Francis is pictured with rabbits and a duck and some farm animals and a donkey goat and <laughs> um, forever some birds up in the tree. And he is wearing, as will later be important, a very rough linen. Does not look super comfy. So rough. So rough. Um, thank you for playing Guess That Saint with me, by the way. Thank that was great. you, you did for great. the game. <laughs> I was really close. You were actually eerily close. So St. Francis, our main man today, um, he was born around 1181 uh, to a wealthy family. His father was a wealthy cloth merchant, and his mother was actually a French noblewoman. So he grew up in wealth. He learned like all kind of archery, wrestling, horsemanship. But in his youth, as many young folk, as we know from living in New York, are prone to do, he fell into a group of friends who had wild parties. Oh. It's being a bad boy. He was expected to have taken over his family-owned business because his father was like, okay, wealth, wealth, and wealth. We're going to be pursuing wealth. Thank you so much. But he, (laughs) he was like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I think that sounds really boring. And instead, he dreamed of a future as a knight. I thought you were going to say DJ for a second. He really invested in this. In the parallel. Temporary parallel. (laughs) He was a trust fund baby who decided to be a club promoter. (laughs) (laughs) No, he went the other direction. He went and he joined a militia. Was it the Uh, other direction? (laughs) Let's be honest. It's really just a gateway. He was a DJ and then he became part of the militia. He got you know, skip Squire and go straight tonight. Thank you, Daddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it pays off because pretty quickly after joining the militia, like the tough guy he thought he was, um, he was captured by the enemies. (laughs) Yep. All right. That's what no training will get. <laughs> yeah, he was like, no, I'm, I should be in the army, though. Like, I'm belonging. Fierce. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is that the reason that the people who captured him took note of him at all is because apparently his, by his, like, clothing and the equipment he had, they could tell he was wealthy. So, like, what a, <laughs> kind of like a D-bag thing to be part of an <laughs> army, but have, like, the nice equipment and be like, no, 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 I brought my own. Oh, my God. So anyway, uh, for some reason, that made them say, like, hmm, not for some reason. For very clear reasons, they were like, well, he's <laughs> for, he's wealthy, so if we just gasp for a That's ransom. That's a rich noob if I ever did see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All we need to do is, like, ask his little daddy for a ransom, and surely we will be paid. And they were. Yeah. So he got to go home and live, you know, with daddy. He was probably like, I can't believe you, blah, 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 whatever. I told you you should run the family business. And he was like... but that's when shit got real because that is when he started having visions from god because music is my life (laughs) i've had a revelation (laughs) i want to start like a music festival on an island (laughs) and it's about people and togetherness dad Right, sorry, you were saying. <laughs> As I was saying, he had a vision from God. Yes. And started having, like, healing experiences in places. Or he, he started providing healing ex- experiences. Um, so, for example, one day after he had returned home, he came across a leper 
in the middle of the road. And instead of ignoring him, he embraced him and he kissed him and he was filled with sensations of sweetness, it said. And what? the man was okay. healed. Yeah. Um, and so I think also, I think what it's also implying is that like his experience, despite being obviously privileged and like having the nice equipment and whatnot, is that having been held captive genuinely did change him. And he felt like, you know, awakened to the suffering that was in the world. So, um, we like the common people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so a couple of years later, had he basically become really, he became really convinced that God was like, I want you to help. I want you to help people. So he became inspired by this gospel that he heard, which was originally from Jesus in which basically Jesus was just saying like, get rid of your material possessions. Don't bring anything extra. Stop being this person who's bringing fancy equipment on like, you know, your missions. (laughs) Don't be that guy that you literally were. And basically just to like live a simple life. So he did. And he did use some of his father's money to help build a church that he could then like develop. But other than that, he became like a very minimalist person. He was devoted to helping people and those in need. And he kind of became known for the bishop of the church having given him a rough tunic that was very like humble. That is what he wore for the rest of his life, which is also kind of funny mm. considering that his father was like a fancy cloth merchant. So very, Oh, that is, yeah. He ended up like inspiring a lot of other young men to join him and performed actually a lot of miracles. Um, again, with like lepers, uh, he prayed for a tormenting demon to leave that person's soul kind of, yeah. Miracles along the same lines as some of the stories we've heard from the Bible itself. Yeah. And, Last but not least, he also, I think the thing that like the reason, obviously that's all good and well, but what probably stood out the most about him was that he uh, really saw animals as his siblings. He would literally call them like he would, and nature as well. He would say like brother wind and like sister water and like my brother rabbit. And so he's like referring to nature as a whole as part of his own family. Mm -hmm. It was said that birds would gather while he spoke and they would listen to him and he would preach about the ways that God had blessed them. Did he ever preach to fish? Who preached to fish? That sounds familiar. It did. I I did not see him preaching to fish. No, but, um, we'll figure it out somehow. Someone was preaching to fish out here. (laughs) (laughs) Most notably, there was a story about a town that he was living in where there was a wolf that was attacking people and he convinced it not to convinced it not to (laughs) (laughs) stop that he ended up lying at Francis's feet and Francis promised the townspeople that if they would just feed the wolf regularly, it would never attack them again. And so it was. I mean, that makes sense. It's, it is true. Yeah. It's kind of just logical, but yeah, that's how he got a wolf buddy. <laughs> Neat. So, I mean, similar to, um, I feel like where there are definitely other characters like from the Bible, definitely people kind of thought that he might be a little delusional, but others saw him as one of the greatest examples of Christian ideals since Jesus. He ended up dying from conjunctivitis and malaria. <laughs> Tonic. 
Um, <laughs> if only he'd had, had some quinine. He wasn't drinking enough Tonic <laughs> water. Dry. <laughs> and he did, he ended up dying in October of 1226. And people who were there noted that a flock of larks were swooping near and singing at the moment of his death. Wow. So yeah, I mean, he did a lot of different things and he definitely helped a lot of people, but his particular, you know, affection for animals is what kind of garnered him the title of the patron saint of animals. Um, It also, there's still the Franciscan order of the Catholic church whose priests are known for wearing the rough robes (laughs) that kind of honor his humble ways. And Mm -hmm. they, they mostly do work with the poor. Now they don't they don't do work with animals, but he was That's definitely seen as being special for that. I mean, it's not too bad. I didn't mean to say that. It's important what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm like he's the patron of animals. I didn't mean to be like, oh, they're taking care of people now. Jeez, but yeah, yeah. I didn't know a lot about his life. I'm so glad for the summary. I only knew that um, he was. Patron saint of animals. If you ever see a statue of a kind of bald guy who's surrounded by animals, there's a really, really safe bet. It's him. Yeah. I mean, I similarly, like I, I was aware that he was a patron saint of animals, but um, what I wasn't aware of is that the story would actually have a lot of parallels. My mother was not a saint and she would have vehemently denied it if you tried to call her one. However, She was raised by two grandparents who had earned a certain amount of wealth. She spent all her time outside trying to bring in animals that she found in the woods to her grandmother's horror. (laughs) She was frequently caught smoking on the grounds of her Catholic all-girls high school, and she later refused to go to college because the line was too long to sign up. Oh my god. (laughs) She preferred instead to work in the barn. Until one day she became determined to go to the police academy to become an animal control officer. She schooled everyone at driving through an obstacle course in reverse, and this she would not deny. She was very proud of that. (laughs) And after some time, she returned to work with horses, taking care of horses for the wealthy and managing their farms. But I think it's the last few years of her life that she was in her pinnacle role. She was the director of an animal shelter where she improved the number of adopted pets by well over 200%. Whoa. She regularly worked with small aircraft transporters to bring rescue dogs from natural disaster sites and kill shelters around the country. She was on the news, sharing the work her shelter was doing and inspiring people to get involved. And she cared about every single animal that passed through their door. Even the bratty cat that she let live in the office who bit her because she loved him too. My mother taught me how to love all things, great and small. And that is one of the greatest gifts she ever gave me. <sighs> she was a child at heart in many ways. She was a ham who loved to be silly and wear bright colors and collect porcelain horses and sing kids songs. So on the surface, it might have seemed like she just loved playing with animals. But to learn how to care for a creature that may never thank you is a practice of selfless love. To honor them and their right to exist in this world with love and health and joy, as we all should, is a form of wisdom. So to quote one of her favorite stories, 
Some people talk to animals. Not many listen, though. That's the problem. A.A. Milne, Winnie the Pooh. And that's about animals. That was very special. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. And happy birthday to your mom. Thanks, Lily. She was a character. And oh my god, can we also include the picture of little baby Angela clutching this cat to her for (laughs) dear life. Oh, such a love of animals from such an early age. And you still have that. And she gave you winter. And she gave me my cat right now, which I weirdly had a premonition about as it was happening. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have pets and understand how special they are. And for those of you who don't, I'm sure you understand on some level, but they are truly humbling, especially cats. (laughs) Yes. And yeah. There's, uh, I think we sometimes think about like, oh, I wish I could talk to them, but like they have their own language in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's close with their pet knows that, you know, exactly what Jezebel's thinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually cans. Yes. <laughs> cans of meat. <laughs> but thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. We love you, Angela. Thanks, Lily. Yeah. And we're sorry for your loss. I appreciate that. It is a big one. The biggest. I did hear someone um, who also uh, lost their parent talk about how, I mean, the world changes in a lot of ways. For example, I noticed that I had not checked my horoscope anymore because I don't care. But on the other hand... Oh my god, neither have <laughs> I. Like, for so long. Yeah. It's just, uh, some yeah. things just seem fruitless. But they were also talking about how when your parent teaches you the beauty of something, you will in some ways have them forever. Because you will always see them in that. Yeah... So there's not an animal or a tree or a flower that won't remind me of her. Mm, That's very special. Well, I'm so glad you shared that with us, Angela. Thanks, Lily. Thank you for listening. And please send us pictures of your pets. You know? Yeah, that's all we ask of you this this time around. <laughs> we have a we have a Patreon, but fuck it. Send us, <laughs> send us your pets. Of your pet. <laughs> Just send us a picture of your pet. Our email is Biblishpodcast at gmail.com. I nailed it. Biblishpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your send pet. us pets. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you. Soon. Sort of.
you know, know. we know what we're doing. Bye. Bye. <laughs>